We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest's easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I tell four types of freedom, financial, time, location, emotional freedom. And as we were discussing before, the audience has been physician, guests, and listeners, and now it's expanded to broaden its reach. And so in that light, I bring in financial planners, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, so that both sides can benefit. So I, today I have um, our guest, is um, his name is Eric Nero. He's founder and president, and he's a financial planner, and he's going to talk all about financial planning, budgeting, and wealth management. So it's going to be a great uh, conversation, and we'll get right to it. So Eric, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. I really enjoyed uh, being part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I know we were talking about, um, you know, backstage before, you know, this recording, and we were talking about you know, um, especially finances for high net worth individuals, high income earners. So tell us more about yourself and um, tell us how you got started and we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm the founder and president of First Step Wealth Planning, which is a wealth care practice uh, that I recently started. Uh, I've been really helping clients make smart decisions with their money for almost 25 years. Um, I think the genesis for me to start my own firm, and one of the reasons it's called First Step, is that what I've noticed over 25 years is that a lot of planners, advisors, or whatever title financial people end up having, they commonly miss the first step when working with clients. And that's really understanding the emotional connection that clients have to their money and how it's important to them. And so my personal philosophy in life is I espouse the five F's of life. I didn't create it, but I found it and it really fits my philosophy well, which is faith, fitness, family, friends, and finances. And I believe that if someone's finances uh, can be well-organized and they can have a high degree of confidence across all of those aspects, it's going to free up that freedom of time, like you have said, 
to be able to invest more in relationships with friends and family, to be able to seek greater inner faith and to take care of themselves both mentally and physically. And so my career, which has spanned a number of different kind of larger brand name firms that most would recognize, um, I've really used that to be able to craft a scenario whereby I can help my clients gain that level of confidence across every aspect of their financial circumstances in a way that is more educational and is more guidance-based than what's happening in the markets on a day-to-day -day basis, because ultimately nobody really controls that. Uh, and so I'm happy to, to work with uh, a loyal group of, of clients that have a range of professions. Uh, physicians are one of them. In fact, I have a physician in my family. Uh, so from that perspective, I understand the time limitations and some of the challenges with respect to physicians and what they have in their lives and their, and their professions. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite interesting. I know, especially, you know, physicians, they're, um, uh, we're just, we're discussing, you know, they have, um, their job and their clinical practice and they have their income and that's, you know, what they're devoted to. And then they have their family, spouse, children, and they want to protect, grow their wealth, you know, save as much as they can on taxes. So, um, what's interesting is that, uh, how do you prepare, how do you help clients prepare for, um, retirement as a couple? So, um, as far as retirement as a couple, especially with uh, physicians, if they happen to both be physicians, um, if they're running their own practice, if they're part of a larger uh, group, it really is the same fundamentals for everybody, uh, which is really just getting an understanding of how does, how does that couple value money individually? And it really starts with the question, you know, what's important about money to you? And then really the process that I use is having each spouse articulate the importance of money to them individually and giving them each their own time and space to be able to think about that and do that because it's more of a discovery of their own personal values. And it's also a discovery of who in their lives taught them about money. And so everybody's different. So even in a spouse, even if they've been married for decades, they're going to have differences with respect to how they view money. And so getting those differences out there in the open can be informative to each of the couples and help them come up with a vision for the two of them as to what they want their lives to look like at some point in the future. Because depending upon where they are in life cycle, so if they're just starting, they're out of medical school, maybe through residency and now are attending, they're starting to make a little bit of money, but those loans still loom heavy. And so, all right, how do you treat that? And do you do marry filing jointly or single? And how do you deal, deal with the loans? That's a big, big question to deal with. But ultimately it's, how is it that they value money? What do they envision longer term? And then from there, that's going to really inform a person like me as to what those individuals are, what they're looking for, how they've valued money to this point in their life and their journey. And it'll give me a bit more information as to how it is that I can serve them best by helping them align all of these decisions that they're going to need to make to what ultimately is most important. And I find that that can limit a lot of the distractions that are present because <laughs> I just look back at 25 years, things haven't gotten any less complicated when it comes to money. They've gotten more complicated. And so from that perspective, um, and people have less and less time because of that. And so sifting through what's important and really being able to focus on what your goals and values are is an important aspect because once 
a person or a couple is able to recognize what their most deeply held values are, a lot of their decisions become a lot easier. And so they're not concerned necessarily with whether markets go up or down every day or week or any other kind of financial decision they have. They're looking at how is it that I get from where I am today to where I ultimately want to be and how do I track my progress in getting there? Uh, and so I think that's the biggest first step is just finding out what those values are and being able to help a client realize them. And it's a difficult task. It's not an easy question to answer what's important about money to you. And then, you know, what's important about how you see that. So uh, that, that really, like I said, is the first step that we, we take. Doc to Doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors. We understand that doctors' financial situations change faster than an insulin drip in ketoacidosis. And we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility because we take into account your schooling, your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with a decision within 24 hours. So I like uh, how you've talked about, you know, how attitudes and actions are all we control. And, um, you know, a couple of questions that we can follow up is um, how does emotional readiness relate to money readiness and retirement? I think it's, it's inextricable. I think you have to be emotionally ready before you can be money ready. And it goes right to what I had talked about as far as recognizing your own personal values on money. Because um, some of the common state mistakes that I've seen over my career is, and it's, it's a, like I said, it's a common mistake and it's, it's not unreasonable, but people are measuring the success of their money based on benchmarks that really have nothing to do with them. So, all right, the stock market index or whatever it is that they're going to use as a benchmark, they're going to compare their successes to those benchmarks. And most of the time, those are not appropriate benchmarks because each and every person's at a different point in their own journey with different time horizons and different needs. And at the end of the day, most people I've found are looking for what I consider to be true wealth, which is really discretionary time and not necessarily a number. And so within the industry, the financial planning and wealth management industry, everybody's saying, all right, focus on your number, get your number, save to your number. That's the number is important, but you have to have that emotional readiness first. Get ready for your money. Get, get ready for these challenges that you're inevitably going to face because nobody's journey is linear. Even doctors, right? Okay, residents, attending, and then you know, further along, there's, it's a winding road. And when it comes to money, there's going to be ups and downs, and some of that's controllable and some of it's not. So I think one of the things that most people need to think about first is just where are you in your journey? Where is it that you want to see yourself? And those are tough introspective questions, but you need to get yourself emotionally connected to where you want to be. The question that I'll ask people is when it comes to their tangible goals, I'll say, when do you want to do that? What month, day, and year? 
How much money do you think it's going to take to achieve that goal? And then, all right, fast forward. You're there. You've done it. In a couple of words, what are you thinking and how are you feeling? That helps kind of make that connection, that emotional readiness to say, okay, I've done this and I feel this way. And so what we're trying to do is craft a scenario to help them feel that way, knowing that well, life is uncertain, the future is uncertain, and we don't control anything besides our effort and attitudes and our perceptions. So let's make sure that we control what we can. So despite what happens in the economy, the markets, the world, or whatnot, we want to make sure that there's a path that people can feel most confident in that they'll be able to get the outcomes that they're seeking. But like anything else, there's there's no guarantee in life for anything. And of course, physicians probably know that better than any because they're in a life and death business. So, yeah. Yeah. And then um, what's uh, also, how does it, um, in what ways does getting in touch with one's values help their retirement preparation? I, I love the thing you talked about time, you know, wealth is measured in time, not, you know, a number or, you know, a certain goal. So yeah, what I've tended to find is uh, there's a there's a, so many dynamics when it comes into looking at money, uh, but once clients get a better feel for and start to really get tuned into what their values are, and some of my clients they can do that like right on the onset, they just have a mindset already that they just need to have kind of brought out for them. Others it takes in some cases years because they just haven't gotten to a point where their mind is going to unpack all of that. And so everybody's journey, like I said, is a little bit different, but getting that guidance I think is critical. And so clients that end up having the awareness of their values of money, get a better understanding of how they've treated money. And so there's all sorts of different types of money personalities. There's spenders, there's savers, there's thrift and whatnot, just on a, a broad level. But when clients understand how they've made decisions about money for themselves in the past, and they're willing to talk about that. It really helps them with respect to the decisions that they're going to make going forward with respect to their money. It helps set expectations. And so uh, I tend to find that people do have a number standpoint because they'll go online and say, okay, what's my number? I'm age X. I should have saved Y. I'm either there or not. How do I get on track? And that's informative if it at least starts the conversation around being able to plan for that. But then it needs to look into and say, what is it that you value money as? Is it time? Is it resources? Because it's almost, it's not almost, it's, re it's really Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I need money to be secure. I need to eat. I have shelter. I need to be safe, all right? And then looking deeper into that all the way to more or less self-actualization and saying, right, what, do you, what is your place in this world? And how is it that you want to function? And what lives do you want to touch outside of your own? And that takes some time. But once clients get there, it's almost as if like a fog gets lifted and they said, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I need to do it. And then I, as their guide, take care of all of the details because there's a lot that people need to know. And when you're a physician, it's the same thing. You have to keep up with a tremendous amount of ever-changing and dynamic information. And it's the same thing with finances. And so it's very difficult to be able to do both well. And so having a person that can do that and handle the, the nuts and bolts and be able to be the person who's looking around the corner for them to say, this is on the horizon. I know you said this. This is how you wanted to conduct things. Here's what might be able to help you. And here's what might be getting in the way. 
and then ultimately helping them make a, a decision. But getting in contact with that emotional aspect of money is really the biggest thing because then the client can see it. It's almost like if you're in the market for buying a car, you tend to look and then see that car everywhere versus when you're not in the market for a car and you're just driving along, it's just these, you know, the cars go past, you don't even notice them. But if you're looking for, you know, a red car of a certain make and model, you tend to notice it because your brain is tuned into thinking about that. It's moved up your priority list in your own brain. Mm -hmm. And so from that perspective, what I'm looking to do with clients is do the same thing with their money bring up the hierarchy of need by looking at that goal in a real tangible and most importantly, in an emotional way. And then working backwards from there and saying, okay, there's a lot of X's and O's that need to be addressed, but I know all of that stuff and I'll help educate you for that. Let's just make sure that we can keep your journey moving in the right direction and make sure that we're covering all of this comprehensively. So it's a lot of meetings. There is time investment with respect to doing this, but each and every single meeting and time invested compounds on top of itself. And what I tend to find is people eventually get to a place where, okay, I get it. I feel good about these things. And, you know, really on a scale of one to 10, 10 being everybody on the planet should do this one being it's an unmitigated disaster. How do you feel with respect to this aspect of your financial life? And we shoot for a 10. And if we need to get from a seven to a 10, what do we need to do to get there? We focus on that. We prioritize and then the meetings and schedules are set around that. So it's just all formulated around being able to provide a schedule for people to be able to walk this journey on their own with me beside them, basically pointing things out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I like how you, um, like, as you talked about the five F's, you know, the faith, fitness, family, friends, and then you try to get people in the right framework. Cause if they're not in the right proper frame of mind, then you know, all, all of the decision-making is all flawed so um in your experience what do you find that um what do most people miss in their um retirement preparations um there's a number of things that they miss I, you know i touched on they're focused on a number or they're focused on how their assets are performing you know in conjunction with some benchmark that's really not for them um so that's one of the biggest things that i end up seeing and then when it comes to retirement's a word that's used a lot, but my clients don't really refer to it as retirement. It's just doing something different. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of my clients right now who are over the age of 65, they're all working. They're all doing something. So retirement is not kind of this image that the industry has <laughs> conjured where it's people walking on the beach and they're not doing anything. And it's like a permanent vacation. I tend to find that most people don't want to do that. There's a honeymoon phase and people do the bucket list things. But then after that, it's how do I take my place in this world? Because having a career, being a physician, there's a lot of responsibility. People's lives depend upon you and your expertise. And then moving away from that can be a very jarring emotional transition. And so to your point, being emotionally ready for retirement, it really needs to happen years in advance. And once we can get through the values and self-actualization, all right, what is it that you want to do? What place do you want to have in this world? And what impact do you want to have when you're not here, basically? And then working backwards from there and saying, okay, what things are you doing today? What things do you want to dedicate more time to? And then having that transition, anybody that I've worked with that's had a trouble transitioning to the, the, the kind of generic term of retirement, 
has retired not on their terms. They've been let go or downsized. And I've worked with people at the turn of the century and people during the great financial crisis. And those were real things. And that was a difficult thing for a lot of reasons, most of which being, all right, I didn't choose to do this. I wasn't emotionally ready to make this transition. It happened with my own father. <laughs> you know, it took him years to get emotionally conditioned to be retired. And so my clients now that know that they have hobbies, interests, and it's not just traveling the world and seeing things, it's things that they want to do to be part of a community, volunteering time. Uh, and every single one of my clients who is quote unquote retired is doing that now. And so it's part to that emotional readiness. So when it comes to retirement, a lot of emotional dynamics are at work, but the first thing to take a look at, and I put a piece together, it's a client of mine a number of years ago said, you know, the secret to a happy retirement is have someone to love, have something to do, and have something to look forward to. And that's all part of that emotional readiness hmm. of being able to, you know, move into that next phase of your life, whether you're transitioning to a different career and you're, you know, a little bit younger or you're at the end of the or horizon of your career and you're looking to move into the next kind of phase of your life, it's the same thing. So that's a lot of what it is that I'll try to help guide clients with. Aside from talking about the numbers, of course, it's what do you want to do? How do you want to spend your time? Because after you do your bucket list things, you're going to have a lot of time looking at each other for couples. <laughs> and you know, for a lot of couples, more time together can be a bit more stressful if that hasn't been the dynamic uh, up to that point. So uh, that's part of the whole process and just saying, what do each of you individually want to do and what is your vision of retirement? And it typically one spouse and the other is gonna say, well, I don't need you to be around me 100% of the time. So what do you do? And so, so long as they talk about that, it's all about communication, right, Chris? It's how is it that you can set up effective lines of communication with those that you love mm -hmm. to go through this because you're gonna need help going through this massive transition. It's just another one of life's huge transitions. And it, you need to have a village to be able to do that. And so for people who are raising their children, it takes a village to raise the children. Mm -hmm. But you also need your village behind you to help you transition to whatever the next phase is going to be. So having those connections, like I'd said, someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. Those are huge with respect to, I, I don't use the word happiness because that is different for everybody, but I tend to find there's more of that fulfillment, right? Going back to the five F's, inner faith, mental and physical fitness, relationships with friends and family, only the individual can do that. It's on them. So they have to spend that time, make those investments into those things. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this, this has been a really fantastic conversation. And um, I really like your approach to um, financial planning, wealth planning, and retirement. Um, and I know a lot of the audience is interested in visiting your website, contacting you, maybe even working with you. So how can they do that? Yes. So um, I'm sure you'll put in the, the, the notes, my website, my email, telephone number, and LinkedIn. So I welcome conversations. I say that I'm a bit old school. I know everybody's in social media and things. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, but the best way I like to, to interact with people is just, you know, either hit me up on email or call me. And I'm willing to spend a little bit of time because I understand all of the different types of nuances when people hear the words financial advisor, <laughs> because the industry has done a really good job at marring itself for those types of things. And so people have some preconceived notions and I understand them entirely. And it's totally normal to feel that way. But what I suggest for clients is let's just have a conversation as two people like we're having here today 
And let's just understand a little bit more about what you're looking to accomplish. And I'll know with a 20 to 25 minute initial conversation, if, if that person's going to really benefit from what it is that I do in my approach at financial planning and, um, you know, and take it from there. But I always want to make sure that whatever interaction I have with people, they're able to walk away with at least one to two things that they can tangibly use to help them with whatever it is they indicated was the reason that they end up wanting to speak with me in the first place. So irrespective of whether they choose to follow up with me or work with me, mm -hmm. I always want to have, and I have a deep library of different things that, all right, if you're interested in this, here's another resource that you and or your spouse could look at for getting more information to help you help you make that decision and choice. So that's my long <laughs> kind of soliloquy on how to contact me. But yes, I email me, call me, check out my website, uh, or you can message me on LinkedIn as well. Excellent. And for all the audience and listeners out there, uh, Eric's um, resources will be in the links and show notes. And um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I really shed light on a very important topic for all of us. Chris, I appreciate what you're doing. I think you have a, a very good platform here. And thank you for having me. I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrislewmdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.